You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. Luke Camp is good to be here. I bring you greetings from the downtown uh, campus where I get the privilege to be the campus pastor there and to serve there as well. So in downtown is joining us and along with our digital community. Can you believe 2023 is almost over? And we're going to be, before you know it, we're going to be in 2024. So I thought it would be good to just look from the book of 1 Thessalonians, if you would turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 18. I thought it would be cool to do a top 10 list of things that we can focus on in the new year. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 through 18 reads, Now we ask you, brothers to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves and we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are irresponsible, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's God's will for us. So the prayer is that we would really be focused in on 2024 and what God wants to do in our lives. But when you look at this, it's really what God wants to use us to do in really edifying and building the church. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of things that people say about the church, but I'm going to tell you, God is using the church. Can I get a witness? God is using his church for his glory. And guess what? We get to be a part of it. So I want to give a top 10 of things that we could focus in on as the new year comes. Number one, have high regard for leaders. It says, now we ask you brothers to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and regard them very highly in love because of their work. When you look at this, it's talking about the elders of the church. So most notably, we know we should look at our senior pastor, Pastor Greg, in high regard. Pastor Greg is is day in, day out, going through the scriptures, kainos, vision of the church, all these things. We should regard our leaders highly. So we know that, but also our leadership team, also our staff, also deacons and your LBS, Life Bible Study, small group leaders. We should esteem them highly because the Bible says of their work. Can you imagine the hours, the time? the prayer, the preparation, just to get ready for a Bible study or a sermon or or a ministry event. There are some great things going on in our church, and there are some great things going on in the body of Christ. So he says you need to regard your leaders very highly. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 echoes that when it says, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you, as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. 
We are to regard our leaders highly because of the work that they do. When you look at that labor, it means to give effort, to become tired, to grow weary, to spend with labor, to get faint in weariness. That is the time that's going because the goal of our church is to make disciples. We want to make disciples. We want to pass on our faith to the next generation. Never did I, I never thought when, you could have never told me when I was 16 years old, Leon, you're going to be a leader in the church. I would have been like, (laughs) right. But yet here we are. So now you go from, I remember when we would come in, why are they singing that song? Why are they doing that ministry event? So if one thing to go from that to now you the one that's doing the stuff. You're the one that's preparing the thing. So look, he says you need to regard those people highly because look, God may be prepping you for ministry in another ministry area in the church, in the body of Christ in the new year. This is exciting news. This is something that God wants to do in the body of Christ. So number one, that's number one. Number two, keep the peace. Keep the peace. That means to, to have concord or harmony We are to be peacemakers. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Some of your versions may say as much as it depends on you. Be at peace with all men. See, you you can't control the other person and what they're going to do. But what you can do is bring the peace. You can say, what can I do to bring peace in this situation? It doesn't matter what somebody else does as much as it depends on Leon, be at peace. As much as it depends on us, be at peace and in harmony with everyone. Number one, number two, that's number two, keep the peace. Uh, 1 Peter 3.11 says, and he must turn away from evil and do what is good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Look at that. We know what it means to pursue degrees. We know what it means to pursue the corporate ladder. We know what it means to pursue in in, in our sports and the things that we do. What does it look like to pursue peace? Have we pursued peace? I think sometimes we say, oh, this is going to happen. No, no, no. What can we do to bring peace to a crazy situation? That's what God wants his brothers and sisters of of us and his sons and daughters to be about. He's talking to believers. We're not talking to the world. The world's not trying to bring peace. Look, we want to bring peace to the situation. Number three, and warn those people that are disorderly. Oh, this may be a lost art in the church because we have that. Hey, that's not my business. Uh, We see it, but hey, hey, look, they grown. I'm, I don't, look, they're going to do what they're going to do. I don't want to get in. I don't want to get in that. We used to have a saying, my name Wes, I ain't in that mess. <laughs> no, 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 no. He says very, very plainly, and we exhort you brothers. That means the fellow believers in the family of faith. That means us who name the name Jesus. Those of us who say that we're believers in Jesus Christ, he says, you, brothers and sisters, we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are irresponsible. Irresponsible, that means those who are disorderly, unarranged, 
insubordination, which means defiance to authority, refusal to obey orders. My kids, were, when, when they were younger, it was called, oh, she cutting up. Oh, she cutting up. And then when they see kids cutting up in the store and they, they're just looking, they say, daddy, they cutting up. So in the body of Christ, there may be some people, some believers who cutting up in the face, cutting up, doing some things that they're not supposed to be doing, doing some things that are not lining up what it means to be or to walk worthy as a Christian. Are there some things in our life that we're just kind of overlooking and say, nah, I don't, I don't want to get involved. No, he says, look, you are to warn those who are disorderly. Those are who are who are cutting up. When you look at this, I don't know about you. I need somebody that's looking at my blind spots. How many of you know we all got blind spots? And sometimes we don't see what those blind spots are. We need someone that are checking our blind spots. Some years ago, my sister moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am one of four children. I'm the only boy, the youngest, and I wasn't spoiled. They think I was, but I wasn't. Youngest, and my sister was moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so us being the siblings that we are, we wanted to support her and come alongside of her. But we had to drive about eight and a half or nine hours to all the way to Tulsa, move her stuff. So I said, you know what? We're going to get a, we're going to get one of our big moving vehicles. I have never drove, driven one of those before in my life, but I could drive. And I took driver's ed. So I said, I'm going to, I'm a young man. I said, I'm going to drive this. But I don't know if some of you are like me. When I took driver's ed, I was taught to head check. Most people are taught you just trust your mirrors. I was taught don't trust your mirrors. Because in mirrors, you're going to have what sometimes? Some blind spots. And if you know anything about the moving vehicles, whether it's a U-Haul, a rider, we took a rider that day. If you know anything about those, they don't have, you can't look and, and head check. You have to trust your mirrors. So I was very uncomfortable because I drove the entire way. So my oldest sister, Alundra, was sit, she was sitting in the passenger seat. And so since I couldn't head check, whenever I wanted to get over, I would say, Lungy, can I get over? And she would look in the mirror and she would say, it's clear you can get over. And I would get over. We did that for about nine hours all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can I get over? Yes, you can. Why? Because she was checking my blind spots. Question. Do we have people in our lives checking our blind spots? I, I, I don't know about you, but I need some people in my life that's saying, oh, Leon, I don't, I don't know if you need to do that. I don't know if you need to. Now, these are trusted believers in the faith. I, I, need, I need them all around me. I'm always, I'm not going to be that person that's on the island. It's kind of like, okay, I'm over here by myself. No, 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 I need some help. I need some people that, hey, hey, can you? Can you tell me about this? So I'm seeking the Lord in this and I, I need some wisdom. I need some people that are checking my blind spot. I need some people who are saying, nah, you don't need to do that. And thank the Lord I had those people when I was dating. My mom was like, nah, son. I was like, but mama, she, nah, 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 nah. But she not, no, 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 no. They ain't the one. I had some people who were discipling me, nah, nah. And, and I listened to them. I listen to them. You, you need some people. I tell singles all the time, bring them to church. Bring them to church. My, my, my kids, my daughter, look, I want to go to the family reunion. I want to go. I want to see everything. I want to go. I, I need some people around me who are seeing some things in my life that I can't see. 
Do we have that? That's number three. Warn those people that are disorderly. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. It's not worth living. And we know that to be accountability. We know that two are better than one. We know that when we have some people in our lives who are walking with the Lord and who are trusted and who are strong in the faith, they help us out and they see some blind spots in our lives that we don't see. Number four, comfort those that lack courage. Comfort those that lack courage. That's number four. That means to encourage or console the discouraged, the timid or faint hearted, which are those lacking in courage to face something difficult or dangerous. Is there anybody that's getting ready in the new year to, in, to embark on something that is very challenging and you may be struggling and you're not courageous? You need somebody in your life that's going to say, you can do it. You, 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 you can do it. You, you, can, you, can, you, you need somebody that's, that's cheering you on. Say, look, I know that you feel timid at this time, but look, you can do this because the Lord is with you. Whatever God is, is put in your hands to do in this coming year, you can accomplish it. We need people in our lives that are able to speak into our lives and be able to encourage us in these times. So we comfort those. That's number four, lack, that lack courage. Number five, help the weak. We help the weak. That means to, to, to pay attention to the weak. Now, weak, it could mean disabled. It could mean an illness. It could mean those who are morally or spiritually weak. The point is that we are so close in the body that people recognize and say, what, what's, what's going on? Tell me. Oh, nothing. No, something, something's going on. So some, something's going on. Or if you're weak, we need some people in our lives that are going to be there to uplift us in our weakest moments. I remember this kind of happened to me, and I really thought, I saw how my mom was, the mom was the, the she would discipline us, but she was also very, very comforting. And, and, and she could be like she was very, very strict and hard, but then when something like this happened, she would come alongside and just be so nurturing. I uh, got the chicken, who's ever had the chicken pox before as an adult? Yeah, everybody like, oh, yeah. It's different. It's different. Uh, who's ever had it as an adult? It's, it's, it's totally different. When you have a kid, you kind of have bumps on your face, and then you kind of skipping around like, oh, yeah, I got the chicken pox. I'm out of school. As an adult, I really thought I was going to die seriously. I thought it was over because you feel like you have the flu and you're itching everywhere. Bumps everywhere. And I did something my cousins, my aunt said to do, because during that time, all my little cousins caught the chicken pox and, and, and they were just had it for a couple of days or whatever. I had it for a full week. And this is what they said, do drink some hot tea. <laughs> hey, don't drink hot tea. Because <laughs> what that does is it, it brings out the fullness of the chicken pox. So I was like, okay, all right. And I drank the hot tea. I felt like one of them, one of them mutants, one of those X-Men. I felt like I was turning before they, I was like, oh my goodness, what? Bumps was all over. I was on my ears and everything. I felt like it was over. And I was sitting in my room. And back then it was, you couldn't cry as a young man. You were told, don't cry. I was sitting in the room and I was like, I felt it coming up. I was, I was like, this is not going to happen. And I sat on my bed and I said, I said, I don't think I'm going to make it through the night. 
And my mom came in there and nursed me, and she wiped the calamine lotion off my face. It was pink lotion. It was just so, and she would say, oh, it's not that bad. And I was like, I know it's horrible. And you're not telling me. My sister got it, too, as an adult. And they say, she in the room. Don't open the door. I went open the door. I was like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> I won't do that again. But she came around us because we were weak. And she nurtured us and nurtured us back to health. It's a picture of what God wants to see done in the body of Christ, that we're so attentive and we see people who are weak and we come alongside them and we console them, we comfort them, we encourage them and we nurse them back to health, whether it's physically or even spiritually. That's what God wants the body to look like. That's number five. We help the weak. Number six, six, we are patient with everyone. We are patient with everyone. Patient, it means to exhibit internal and external control in a difficult and difficult circumstances. It means to be long enduring or long suffering. He tells us to have patience with one another. Uh, we see this now. People, for whatever reason, they think it's cool to steal parking spots. When you, it's clear you're waiting for the parking spot to come out, and then boom, somebody just, and they get in there, and you're like, what did you just do? That happened to us at the store, and they, this woman took my parking spot, and my kids were like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, it's just one parking spot. We'll find another one. And then they try to act like they didn't see you. They get out the car, and they hide. <laughs> like, everybody saw what you just did. We need to be patient with one another. Do you need some more patience in the new year? Do you need patience with children in the new year? Do you need patience uh, with your siblings in the new year? Do you need patience with your spouse or your coworkers in the new year? God wants us to be long-suffering with people. In the book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, uh, John Mark Homer he talks about how you can use this. And when you're going to a grocery store, get in, the, get in, the, get in the, the longest line. Let somebody go before you. Slow down. He talks about slowing down, driving the speed limit or under, just taking your time. Get in the slow lane. We're so fast. Some of y'all are like, oh, no, no. <laughs> you know, just, hey, go. It's, it's no hurry. We're not in a rush. The Lord wants to perfect patience in us. That's number six. Number seven, don't seek revenge on others. Don't seek revenge on others. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone. We see in Romans 12, 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. We are not to seek revenge. I'm going to get them back. And we spend our time trying to get people back. Do you know what she did to me? Do you know what he did to me? I'm going to try to get them back. Say, no, no. We don't repay evil for evil. And if you want to go a step further, he says, bless those. Bless your enemies. So look, you may have an enemy or someone. How many of y'all have enemies? Everybody like, I got some enemies. 
Do good to them. Give them a gift card. The Romans 12. <laughs> the gift card is not, but it's saying give them, give them something. Right, right, right. Like, move on to the next one, right? Is there somebody God is calling you to do good to, to love on them, even though they have been unlovable in 2023? So number seven, don't seek revenge on others. Number eight, pursue what is good for others. I like that because the Bible talks over and over, do what's good, pursue what's good. This says pursue what is good for others, for others. It's easy for me to go to my favorite restaurant. Hey, let's go, let's go to your favorite restaurant. Let's do what you want to do. Let's watch the movie you want to watch. Let me defer to you. What do you want to do? We see that in, in the life of Jesus. We see that in Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Listen to what he says. Uh, it says, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Do you see that? Everyone should look out not only for his or her own interests, but also for the interests of others. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus. No, 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 I want to do what you want to do. No, 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 I want to go to your favorite restaurant. No, no, we want to do what you want to do. No, 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 I'll pay this time. No, no, I'll do this. No, 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 how can you love and do good for the other person? It's easy for us to do that for ourselves. Maybe God is putting something on your heart to do good for others. Number nine, it says rejoice always. Rejoice, it means to be glad, delighted, be joyful, or full of joy. So how can we rejoice always? How is that even possible when you look at all the challenges that we've experienced in 2023? Who's experienced some challenges in 2023? I have, and it's hard. He says rejoice always. Rejoice always. Why is this the case? Because as a believer, we know we already have eternal life. We already know when our heart stops, we're going to be with him forever in eternity. We're going to be with him. We understand that we're only on this, on this earth, only temporarily. We understand we're here just for a short time, that we're going to be with him forever. That's why we can rejoice always. And, and the Apostle Paul says it over and over in the book of Philippians. He says rejoice and again, I say rejoice. He's writing that under house arrest. He's in prison for the, for, for the gospel. I don't know if somebody came visit me in Huntsville, but like, Leon, how you doing? I'm rejoicing. He says rejoice. He says he wants us to rejoice because why? The apostle Paul knew something that many of us don't know. That we're here temporarily. He says to be with him, to be with him in eternity is far greater. That's why we can rejoice. That's why we can be glad. When people say, I wonder why she's smiling and I understand what she's going through. Why? Because she understands the end. She understands where she's going. He understands that this is only temporary, that we are to rejoice. And again, I say, Rejoice. And number 10 says, pray constantly and be thankful. Pray constantly 
Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, uh, the apostle Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 7. He says, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. For, for, for the fishermen uh, in, in, in here, we, we know that when you throw your reel out, you cast your reel out. That's the picture of what he's telling us. Cast your cares on me, is what he's saying. Cast your cares on me. Yeah, the, the, the fact that you're single and, and you don't want to be single anymore, the Lord says, cast that on him. If you're having difficulties in your marriage and you don't know if you're going to make it in 2024, the Lord says, cast those things on him. If you're dealing with a child that's, that's wayward and they're not walking with the Lord and you, you're believing God for them to turn as the prodigal did in Luke 15, you need to cast that on the Lord. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever has you down in 2023, you're saying, God, I'm casting those things on you because you're the only one that can do something about it. Says pray constantly. Pray constantly and be thankful. I was listening to that song this morning, a song, and somebody, you have been so good to me. And as I reflect on 2023, man, tears just came to my eyes because I thought about just how God, good God has been. You have been so good to me. I cannot believe that you chose me, that you're doing these things in my life. Look, tears came down. Why? Because I have so much to be thankful for. Do you have a lot? Do you have so much to be thankful for Loop Campus? Loop Campus, downtown campus, digital community. Do we have so much to be thankful for? The reason why I put those together, when you look at the acronym, uh, some of you may have seen this acronym before, ACTS, A-C-T-S, where before you go to the Lord, it gives, you, it gives you some rails of how you can approach God. First, we adore him. That's the A. Lord, I adore you. It's amazing when I look at your creation, when I look at the trees, when I look at, at the sun and how you spoke these things into existence. God, I just want to adore you. So you just sit up and you just boast and you bragging, God. But then the C is confession. And you confess those things to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry I stole that person's parking spot. Forgive me for that. Lord, I'm sorry that I was looking at some things that I shouldn't have looked at. God, I'm sorry that I'm, I confess that I was rude to the cashier in the store. God, I'm confessing those things to you. God, I'm, I'm throwing and I'm confessing those things to you. But then Thanksgiving is the tea. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength. Thank you for getting us to the end of 2023. Thank you that we're at the brink of 2024. God, it's only because of your goodness. I want to thank you for that. God, thank you that I have a home to go to. Thank you that there's a vehicle sitting in the parking lot waiting for us to jump into. God, thank you, God, for everything you've done. And the list goes on and on and on. And you letting the Lord know how much you thank him and how much you love him. And then the S is for supplication. So when you go into specifics, God, I'm just lifting 
this up to you. I got a diagnosis from the the doctor and God, I'm just lifting that up to you. And I'm lifting up my sister or my brother or my friend. And you lift those things up to the Lord. It's a it's a good blueprint of how we ought to approach this holy God. So we pray constantly. And we're thankful. So believers, if we want to open up my mouth and if we want to open up our mouths and we may have a, a tendency to complain. If you want to talk, if you want to say, say something, just think about the goodness of God and just lift those things up in thanksgiving to him. We don't have to wait till November to think about what we're thankful for. We can tell him every single day. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord at 21 years old, not long after that, I was in the church, but then stuff started coming alive at 21, 22, and the songs became alive, and I saw how gospel-centered they were, and, and everything, the words started coming alive to me. And, and, and back then at my home church, they would get a song, and they would wear it out. <laughs> and this year, the year after I got saved, it was like 2002, they, they, it was a song, it was a gospel song by a guy named Hezekiah Walker. And the song was called, I Need You. You need me. It went like this. It says, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. (laughs) And look, I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm like, that's cute. (laughs) But I don't need Larry to survive. (laughs) I just don't. And as they're singing this song, I'm talking, I'm like, come on, y'all, I don't need, and then the, the minister of music want to add to it. they like, hold your neighbor's hand, and we holding hands. <laughs> Look at your neighbor in the eye. Here's a card and say nothing about looking nobody in the eye. You adding stuff to it. And we're in the church talking about, I need you. You know, and we're like, I'm like, ugh, come on, I don't need him. I work, I, I got a full-time job. <laughs> With benefits. If I get sick, I go to the doctor. I don't need Larry. (laughs) But then when I started looking at it the way that the Lord wanted me to look at it, yeah, you can do all those things by yourself. You can do the day-to-day and just go to work and live on an island by yourself. But in order for us to accomplish the Great Commission, and be about the Lord's business. We need one another. First Corinthians 12 talks about how we are in the body of Christ and how he's placed us in the body as he's so pleased. So the toe can't say he don't need the elbow. We all need, we're in the body together and we're trying to do the Lord's work. We need one another to survive because out there in the world, And it's rough. 
And I need to come to church so I can look and see my sister raising her hands and worshiping the Lord and seeing brothers lifting up holy hands and in tune of what God wants to do and and anticipating to hear from the Lord. Yeah, we do need each other to survive. When I think about my life and all that people have poured into me, and I got to stay close. I want I want people around me, the people I want believers around me being able to, to being able to pour into my life and pray for me in, in my time of need, saying, Leon, I've been, I've been praying for you. I've been you've been on my heart. And at that moment, I'm, I'm discouraged. And then you get encouraged because the, the Lord is using your brother and your sister. See, that's what we have. We in the church. So Loop Campus, downtown, digital family. As we go into the new year, let's be about the Lord's business in building one another up, which we're building the church and the body of Christ to fulfill the great commission, which he called us to do. Pray with me. Father, we adore you. We thank you. We love you. God, you have been so good to us. And God, as we think on your goodness and all that you've done and who you are, God, we can't help but serve you and worship you. So, Father, we thank you, God, for just bringing us to the brink and the end of 2023. God, if we think about all that has happened over the past several years, so many challenges, But yet we're here. And Father, we thank you for that. And bringing us for such a time as this to be about your business, to be sought and light in a very dark world. So Father, I pray, Lord, that we would have the soldier's mindset lined out in 2 Timothy 2 when the Apostle Paul charged up Timothy telling him that he is to be a good soldier. God, I pray, Lord, you would help us, Lord, as you have called us, enlisted us to be soldiers for you. God, we lift you up. We love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations, at The Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at houstonsfirst.org.